unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hello. Welcome to the Raw and Scripted Show with yours truly, Christopher Roush. You're at your place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. What's going on, boys and girls? Happy 2022. Can you believe it? January 2022 at the time of this airing of this episode. And I'm super excited about this year. I know the last couple of years have been crazy for all of us and that continues to be crazy. But thank you for tuning in here live or on the replay for this particular episode of the Raw and Scripted Show. And by the way, if you love audio podcasts as well as the video podcast that we do here please consider subscribing to the podcast wherever you find podcasts just go type in raw and scripted with christopher roush and you will find it on spotify iheart itunes ghana all over the place we're big in uk right now i mean actually my uk numbers are superseding my uh america's numbers and also i'm big in india Thank you, India. I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Shout out to Bashal and all the other gents and ladies over there in India. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And uh, we already got our first person in the house. We got Mr. John Jock Brokos. He says, woohoo, I am here with Brandy and excited to hear our girl, Mary. You're not excited to hear me. You're not excited to hear me, John, Jock, whatever your name is, you alias motherfucker. Um, anyways, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a great show tonight. So I encourage you to uh, have pen and paper, take notes, however you possibly do it, because the intention of this show is to have you change your perspective about your past, present and your future in such a way that you can look forward to tomorrow and implementing some of the things that we talk about in the show tonight, because it's really about 1% improvement each and every day. Think about this, you know, compound interest. If you do one thing today, you do another thing tomorrow, you do another thing the next day and you continue to grow and you continue to flourish and you continue to learn, guess what's going to happen in 365 days, your life will be a lot different. Your perspectives will be a lot different. You'll be a lot happier. You'll have more inner peace and you'll have confidence. That's what I teach as the no excuses coach. And I'm excited about tonight's show because I have a dear friend of mine that's going to be on here. Uh, we, re we haven't really known each other that long, but it's amazing how you can connect with somebody and uh, she has a beautiful heart and she has a lot of experience. So we're going to be diving that in just a second. Um, and we got Lee in the house. What's up? He's uh, coming in from YouTube. He says, good evening. Thank you, Lee, for being here. I know you appreciate our guest as well. My guest tonight, uh, John says here, I, I'm not used to calling you John. So I have to call you Jock. He goes, you fucking know me, LOL. He's saying in Scottish, you fucking know me, LOL. All I have to do is just think about Shrek and then I can try to get the, 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 the accent. So I don't know, was Shrek Scottish or was he Irish? I don't know. They're all green. It's all the same thing, right, John? Jock. Uh, <laughs> so whether you're watching us live or on the replay, thank you so much for tuning into the Raw and Scripted Show tonight. Um, we're going to have a good time with us. And actually, uh, a couple of things I just want to mention right away is if you're not already familiar with it, I support an organization called HelpHealHumanity.org. Um, it's a passionate a, a passion of mine to go out there and help heal humanity. And so I'm excited. I'm on the board of directors. This is my second year being on the board of directors. So we have a lot of stuff in store. So if you're interested in supporting some of the causes that I support, whether you want to volunteer, whether you want to donate, whether you want to become involved in the organization, please go check out helphealhumanity.org. Um, we would love to have you there. Uh, if you guys know um, Serena Buffalino, she's been on the show a couple of times. We've done some, uh, some impromptu lives as well. She's an amazing, amazing person and she has a heart of gold and we're all about repairing and helping the world heal itself 
And that's something we're going to be talking about tonight on the show as well, is how we can take some of the situations we've been in our life, been through in our life, and to uh, and to be able to transition that into stuff that works for us. So um, my guest tonight is Mary Kay Ranger, and she is absolutely phenomenal. She runs MK Ranger Consulting and Coaching. Uh, she's, a, she's a huge spirit. She does career and life transitioning coaching. Um, and she has been a, a massive supporter of the things that I've been involved with recently with Clubhouse and with the Ron and Scripted Show, with the Unfiltered Experience, and so many of my friends and supporting. So I'm excited to have her on here tonight to be able to share her brilliance with you guys. Please welcome to the Ron and Scripted Show, none other than Mary Kay Ranger. Mary Kay, what's up, beautiful? Hello. So good to see you. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. I wanted to have you earlier, but uh, here's where we are at today. So uh, thank you so much for being here. I know you're over in Toronto, so you're on the yeah. East Coast. So you are now uh, approximately 10 p.m. at night. So I know you're just getting started yep. with your day, so it's all good. No, I'm kidding. You're usually going to sleep by around about now. But uh, for me, yeah. you decided to stay awake. Um, so I'm excited about that. And uh, Lee says here, keep working on that lol i'm not sure what he's saying about that uh, i'll just keep working on it. i'll keep working on my facial here that's what i'll be keep doing lee i gotta get a cool beard like lee uh we got nelly in the house she says hello people hello hello so how are you this okay. evening miss mary Kay? i'm good thank you um i don't know if you know the forecast here but we're buried in snow right now <laughs> so yeah, well, you live in canada isn't it always snowing yeah there? yeah well kind of um so yeah it's it's been a little crazy the last couple of days with all the shoveling and of course the snow plow finally came by today and uh that meant more snow shoveling at the end of the driveway so because it all pushes all it pushes it all up on your guys's driveways right yeah yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. i know nothing about that i live in southern california <laughs> we have two seasons hot and mildly hot yeah <laughs> you're in toronto right i'm just outside just east of toronto so i'm in okay. pickering and you just recently met the beautiful tara murney I did. Oh my God. So she lives only like 15 minutes from me. So it was just so funny that you, you had mentioned her name and then the next clubhouse room we were in, she was there. So I managed to get in touch with her and have a coffee. It was great. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. Everybody's meeting each other. We yes. have, uh, we have Walt Lee and Alexis. Uh, they met, they had lunch last week. I wasn't there. They didn't even take a fucking picture, <laughs> but, uh, all the people that are in my circle of influence are meeting each other and it's just amazing. We get on zooms and everything. Um, so tonight's conversation, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to make sure you're writing down some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about. But one of the first questions, as you know, that I usually ask on the show here, given the fact of what we've been through and still are continuing to go through with COVID and everything else, what is what is what has been shifting for you over the last couple of years for you personally during this time and then also what have you seen in society as as, as far as things that have enlightened you and what's going on with uh, people today i think the last couple of years have definitely been for me as well as others a time of self-reflection it's a time to take stock of okay this is what's happening these are the things happening around us that we have no control over and what does that mean for me? And where am I now? And do I want to make changes? And I think a lot of people are going through this self-reflection and deciding that, no, you know what? This is not the life I want. This is not the life I planned. And I want to make changes, except they're a little stuck. They're not really sure exactly where they want to go or what they want to do. So I think self-reflection has been the biggest thing that for me and what I've noticed in other people. Mm. So what have you discovered about yourself in that self self-reflection time? That there's things in my heart that I want to do. 
So for example, you know about my writing. Um, I've wanted to be a writer for a very, very long time. So since, since my late teens and someone had, had discouraged me and said, oh, you can't write or you can't make money at writing or whatever. Anyway, so I, I never pursued it. And during this time of self-reflection, it's like, why? Why am I not doing anything about it? I can do something about it. Now, what can I do? So then I set on a path of, okay, what can I do? How can I write? Can I get on a platform? Do I just do a blog? So part of it was figuring out, okay, what can I do? And then just getting started and small actions, getting started. So writing was something that, that came out of that. Mm, I love it. I love it. What was it about writing that this person said to you that made you believe that truth versus expanding upon it up on your own? Well, I think at that point in my life, especially, so I, I grew up with a lot of bullying in my childhood. Mm. So, you know, that lasted for a few years. I was a new immigrant, um, uh, grade one, coming into grade one. And, you know, big curly hair. I didn't really look like the other kids. And there was just, there was a lot of bullying going on. So I just decided to be a quiet person and the person in the background. And anyway, eventually we moved. And so it got a little bit better, but it was a little bit too late because I had already internalized that bully. So now I'm bullying myself. So if someone comes along and says anything to me in so far as you're not good enough, or, or anything like that. I was just going to believe it at face value. So mm. all I needed to hear was someone to tell me that you can't write or you're not good at writing. And that was it. Mm. Adopted and then installed. And then, you know, decades later, you know, that bully is still is was still there. Right. So what do you do in terms of overcoming that bully with the internal dialogue that you have with yourself? Mm. So... I treat my internal bully like it's a toddler. Um, Do you give it a name? Have I given it? No, actually, I haven't given it a name. I should. Should we pick a name? Yeah, I, actually, <laughs> I've, I've read that. I've read up on that recently in the last couple of years is actually when you name it, like when you have that negative voice in your head, oh, there's Tom again. Hey, fuck off, Tom. And so when you give it a name, it's like, it's not a part of us, but it's this third party person. Like if somebody walked in my office right now and said, Chris, you'll never amount to anything. Fuck off. I'm going to amount. So if we give it a name, then we can actually have a little fun with it. I love it. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to call my internal bully Annie from now on. So Annie. treat the bully like a toddler, visualize what this bully looks like. And as a toddler, and I put her in the timeout chair. Just like you would put your kids in the timeout chair, you visualize putting them in the timeout chair. You're not going to get rid of them. Um, just put them in that timeout chair. And there's lots of timeout chairs for all of our internal bullies. Mm -hmm. How long do that? How, how long does Annie sit in the timeout chair for? Just long enough for me to do the thing that I want to do that she's stopping me from doing. <laughs> so for, for instance, the first time I used this technique, I had my first speaking engagement a few years back. And I'm walking into this, this, this hall and it's this giant room with a lot of people. I can hear the murmurs and all of a sudden I was frozen and it was, you know, Annie saying, mm, I don't know how this is going to go down. You've never done a speaking engagement before. Are you sure you're prepared? Anyway, I told her to sit in the guest chair that was outside and I would come back and get her when I was done. So that was, that was my thing. Did you have this conversation out loud or privately? Um, I had it. I had it in my head. 
other, the other thing I was also doing was, which a lot of people saw me as they were walking in because I was standing out in the elevator banks. I was doing a Wonder Woman pose. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So Amy Cuddy has a great TED Talk out there if anybody wants to go and take a look at it. So she talks about um, when you're feeling not good enough or you need a little bit of confidence, a boost right away for two minutes, do the Superman pose or the Wonder Woman pose, depending on what you want to call it. And you do it for two minutes. Yeah. And it just, it, it puffs you up enough that you can get on with your life. Get on with your life. Do you, are you type of person that before you do something challenging or something that requires energy, do you listen to music or do you have a ritual of what you do to get yourself prepared for like, even just being here on the show? Do you, do you have a pre show ritual type thing? So I did, I did, I was doing power poses before you got me on camera. <laughs> so that's, that's really my ritual. I think over the years it's, it's really served me well. Um, but that's really, that's really my only ritual and a little bit of a pep talk to myself. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. I love it. So in addition to, to silencing the inner bully from your childhood, what type of person were you as a kid? What were some of the things you were into? What were some of the, what were some of the things that, that brought you joy as a kid? Uh, reading. So because I was very shy and not very social, I didn't feel like I belonged out in the external world with people. So I couldn't wait every day to come home from school, go into my bedroom and read. And it was anything and everything I could get my hands on, Most, mostly fiction. Um, but I would get lost in another world. And that's really where I lived until my my teenage life. And then you got into romance books? No, I never, I never did. I never did. In my teenage life, I got into, I guess, all the horror kind of um, uh, novelists. Like, it would have been Stephen King. It would have been right. Dean Koontz, uh, maybe Tom Clancy. So that was my, you know, that was my thing. And, and then music, right? So, you know, we've talked about 80s music before. So all the hair bands came out and, you know, I was, Motley I was Crew. right into that. Yeah. Yeah. Motley Crue, Van Halen. Def, I think you posted Def Leppard the other day. <laughs> um, you know, it was, I think it was uh, where I was like, if I, if I'm listening to my music, my neighbors are too. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was Guns N' Roses. Oh, it was Guns N' Roses. Okay. Yeah. That was Guns N' Roses. So, um, so what did you want to do? What did you want to be when you were a kid? Oh boy. Um, so a few things. So a writer, that was one. Uh, I also wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be um, a scientist. So a scientist of the brain. So some mm -hmm. kind of neuroscience I wanted to get into. So those were the things that I was thinking about as I was ramping up to go, you know, choose my university courses and, and do that. So, yeah. Mm. And uh, speaking of music, what was your first concert you went to? I think it was Platinum Blonde. <laughs> Do you that? know who they are? Oh, my God. Platinum uh, Blonde. I think Sounds like my ex-girlfriend. I think they were Canadian and Honeymoon Suite was the band that opened for them. Ooh, Honeymoon Suite. I saw those guys with uh, ZZ Top. They were good. Yeah. Platinum yeah. Blonde? Were they a Platinum rock blonde. band? Yeah. Oh, I'll have to go. I'll have to go check them out. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. For me, I think my first concert, I, let me think, let me think, let me think. Uh, I know one of my first concerts was Bon Jovi. I got to be in a Bon Jovi video. I was actually in, you get, oh. you've a bad name. And I was in uh, part of living on a prayer. 
because they filmed them at the Santa Monica Civic Auditorium here in Southern California. And the the radio station that we listened to, KNEC, was like, we need extras down here at the Bon Jovi video. And so we went down there and I, you could see me for like a millisecond. I'm like probably oh. fifth back from the front of the stage. And I'm wearing my glasses because I didn't have any contacts that day. And I was so bummed out and I had to wear my glasses. But uh, <laughs> yeah, music's been music's absolutely been phenomenal in my life. And uh, yeah, it's just actually, that's what I do when I'm like getting prepared for something is I have a playlist. I usually have a playlist. We've talked about this. I have a playlist for literally every situation in my life, whether it's a yeah. sad situation, whether it's, a, you know, in the morning, I got to get to my, I got to get myself psyched up for something that I'm not looking forward to. Um, you know, just all around right now, I'm listening to an eighties summer playlist as I write the book about me and my mom, because that's a lot of the music that was going on back in those days, mm-hmm. you know, Don Henley and, um, and uh 38 special and uh brian adams and pat benatar and all the music from those days uh so i'm listening to that and it, it conjures up memories as i'm sitting there writing so i'm like it's pretty good because i i remember wearing these uh the first walkman it had orange headphones and it was like a little am fm thing with a cassette player and i was just like whoo i could take my music with me this is amazing this is amazing so uh, yes, absolutely. Music has been phenomenal in my life. I'm going to capture some of these people. Look at all the beautiful people we have here tonight. Um, we got Andrew in the house. What's up, Andrew? Andrew Rimkus. He says, wonderful gal. Great interview. Uh, thank you, Andrew. Andrew. For being here. Uh, appreciate you. Um, Jock says here, we're all butterflies in a cocoon. Absolutely. And uh, Jock here, this is a great uh, uh, testimony. Uh, Jock says, you are a great writer. And uh, thank yes, you. Yes, yes, yes. I was reviewing your writing today on Medium, and oh. I, I'd, already, I'd already seen some of it. Uh, but yes, you are. I mean, for anybody who told you to do that, you need to go back there and say it like that. Yeah. Do you still know the person that that told you no. that you weren't a good writer? No. Damn, you should write him a letter. Yeah, <laughs> I should. I should. Maybe that'll be my next article. You should. That would be a great article. Is to write about the fact that you were you're writing one of your passions that you wanted to be as a writer. You had suppre- got suppressed, and here's how you broke out of it. Yeah, I like great. that. Uh, Andrew says people uh, put downs, people put put downs, uh, hurt your be yourself. Uh, wait a minute. I'm like reading dyslexic people put downs, hurt, be yourself all have these. Yes, absolutely. You know, hurt people, hurt people. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Jock says here, I was told I was not a writer either. Four books later and writing a major in magazines. I learned a lot not to listen. Uh, you go follow your heart. Love it. Absolutely. We got Walt in the house. He says, what's going on, fam? Let's go. Uh, Lisa's here. Timeout. Nice. Put your put your person on timeout. We got Nelly from Hooked on Humanity here. Great idea. I'll do that with my own internal bully uh, or that bad energy that tries to intrude. Absolutely. Andrew's saying here, usually you overcome when you're told you can't. Sometimes it has the reverse effect. Absolutely. Yeah. I use that lots of times. Walt says here, love the power pose. Uh, Nelly says here, uh, honestly, I've never thought of it as an internal bully. I think that's a perfect description. Thank you. See, we're already, you know, 18 minutes into this conversation and we're changing people's perspectives. Absolutely. Um, uh, Andrew says here, Edgar Winter and Rick Derringer. Damn, that's going back. That would have been a great, that would have been a great, uh, double bill to see that. Uh, Lee says here, little feet and Genesis. Um, absolutely. Uh, Walkman. Yes, Absolutely uh walt says here you guys are awesome love y'all uh and here's another testimony right here you are a really good writer for real thank you for wow. real and uh here's some more compliments this is the this is the mary Kay compliment oh. show she's very oh photogenic full lens on absolutely thank you and we got ellie nicole in the house I haven't seen ellie in a while what's up ellie thank you so much for being here she says hello everyone sending you all positive wishes thank you thank you thank you 
So when you were talking about what you wanted to be uh, when you grew up, talk to us about that career path, because I believe you accomplished a few of those. Did you not? So mm -hmm. I, so I did. So when I went to university, I got a degree in psychology and cognitive science. So I was already starting down that path. Now, I also went to college and I got a degree or a, a diploma rather as a law clerk because I wanted to get into um, legal work. So when I got out of university, that's what I ended up doing. I went into a law firm and then I worked my way up into a trademark agent position, which I guess in the U.S. it might be called a paralegal. So um, you're not quite the equivalent of a lawyer, but you're you're up there in that category Um where you're practicing a small area of the law. So my area of, the, of intellectual property law was trademarks. Now, so that was my first career. <laughs> after a while and after working really, really hard to get where I was, and at the same time, my, my marriage was circling the drain and I was turning 40 and a whole bunch of things were going on. Um, I, it, it wasn't, I didn't feel aligned with my career anymore. And maybe it was because I was going for that goal and I reached it. And then I felt like I had nowhere to go to go. Um, so, I mean, it took, it took me a little while to, to make the decision, but one day I did. And so that year I got divorced. I left my legal career and jumped into a technology career, something completely different. Um, but it seemed to have the space where I could grow. So I didn't know all the opportunities at the time, but I thought, okay, once I get there, there's a million things that I could, that I could pursue. So it was, you know, get out of that and get into technology. So that's, mm. that's how it started. So I never did go and do the neuroscience stuff that I wanted to do, which is why, you know, here we are 20 years later and I'm, I'm, researching neuroscience and I'm looking up brain hacks and I'm thinking, what kind of techniques can I bring into my coaching to help people? Now, not every hack will help everybody, but something might help somebody. Well, that's, that's, why, that's kind of what's leading with the question because I've heard you talk on Clubhouse um, about neuroplasticity and other you know yeah. neuroscience. So I was like, well, you still kind of had have done that and you're continuing to do that. Talk yeah. to us about what inspired you to become a coach. You know, given the fact that you had these different career transitions and you were you were wanting to become a writer and you hadn't yet. But uh, talk to us about what 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 inspired you to become a coach. So it kind of happened by accident. What I had done was as soon as I got into my technology career, I discovered that I could move around. I could either change, transform my current role or I could pick another role, work towards it, like figure out what it would take me to get there and just, and go and take that role. So people, people around the organization started noticing, okay, Mary keeps changing her role every uh, year, 18 months, you know, what is she doing? And meanwhile, I'm stuck here for seven years. So people started asking me and before long, um, they were saying to me, you know, this is, this is your calling. Like, this is what you should be doing is coaching people. So I started coaching and that's how it began. Mm. So what is your niche? Who, what's your niche? <clears throat> Sorry for coughing. <clears throat> you should be. We don't cough here on the right. My niche, my niche in coaching. So it's really career alignment. So I'm helping people 
find their direction and align the work that they do to who they are. And then I help them craft a plan to get there. Mm. So that's my niche. That's your niche. Uh, what have you learned about yourself in becoming a coach? Because I know for me, when I started becoming a coach, uh, diving into a lot of the neuroscience and especially for me, diving into the conditioning process that we go through from the age of zero to five, that has been massive in my own healing and as well, really understanding people from where they're at and being able to understand their their, their path and their journey, like talking to them back about those days. That's what I was kind of asking you about when you were a kid. Um, what What have you learned about yourself in becoming a coach and some of the research you've done? So, a yeah, I learned a lot about myself. One thing I learned was I still have a heck of a lot of limiting beliefs hanging around and they keep poking up. And the way, the way that I look at a belief, whether it's a limiting belief or, or anything is, I mean, these thoughts become things, right? So you think a thought enough times, it becomes a belief, yep. becomes part of your belief system. And if you think of a belief as a, a, let's say a train track, you've laid that track over the course of your life. Maybe you have, or somebody's has, has, has put um, additional information there or laid additional, uh, I don't know what you call them, railway ties on those tracks. And so every time you come up against a certain situation that might um, uh, trigger that, that belief, right? your train has only one way to go. It's only got those tracks because that's what's built. So your job, my job, everybody's job, if you want to get away from these limiting beliefs, is to find a way to take up those tracks and lay new ones. Mm. And so those thoughts, of course, were laid down through practice and repetition. And the way to change it is to choose new thoughts and lay those down with practice and repetition so that your train can go down a different path. Mm. So what do you, what kind, what type of exercises do you do when you work with your clients in thinking about that alignment? Cause I love that, that we were talking about, I would think it was last week I was talking on the show about, uh, complacency versus congruency. And we were talking about that in one of the clubhouse rooms. What is it for you that, that you identify for people that gets them in alignment with what it is that who they are and what it is they, they should be doing? So I think, you know, the first, the first thing that we have to do when someone comes to me and says, I'm unhappy or I hate my job or I feel dead inside or I'm living for the weekend or, you know, like a whole bunch of things. Somebody... Stuff I used to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people. Uh, the first thing we want to do is find out, okay, so where are you now? Like what exactly is your situation now? Figure out what it is that they, um, they don't like about what they're, they're doing. So they, we have a list of what they don't like. Next, we have to figure out, okay, so what are their values? What are their core values? And you'd be surprised if you ask people what their core values are. Sometimes they don't know. Well, so I'm not we surprised. Might... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not surprised. No. Um, so I would give them a list of, I mean, there's tons of places you can Google a uh, list of core values. Yeah. And pick maybe 10, pick even 20, and then prioritize five and figure out, okay, those are my five core values. So it could be optimism or kindness or service or uh even i, I now i can't remember all of them um and so once we have that we kind of have an idea of who they are and it's once we start looking at what are the goals or the 
where, where they want to aim for, mm -hmm. that's when we start uncovering the barriers. So limiting beliefs, um, fears, self-esteem issues, confidence, uh, their own self-awareness, and, and whatever their patterns are. So we're going to mm -hmm. uncover them. And what I had done was when I, when I first started coaching, I had to figure out, okay, so what did I do in order to change my roles and be happy with each position that I was getting um, and reverse engineer that so right. I could help, help my clients? And we called that Flash. So I created the Flash framework. And it's just like a think of a photography flash. So, you know, you take a photo of something without a flash. If you use your flash, then you can expose all the details. Ooh. So, yeah, expose the details. So flash, of course, is an acronym. I love acronyms. Flash stands for, so the, the F stands for find. That's going to be part of the discovery phase that I just talked about. The L stands for learn. So once we start identifying goals, you know, what do I have to learn in order to get there? So there's going to be a bunch of things that the person might want to learn. Then there's action. We have to draft all the actions for the plan and start executing as soon as possible, right? You can start with small actions, mm -hmm. even while we're building. So the plan, the, sorry, the, the, the flash plan, it's iterative. So it can keep changing as we go along. I like it. Now, once the person starts executing, the S stands for stop. So every week, maybe two weeks, they would put something, you know, put a checkpoint with themselves and with me afterwards. They're, they're going to stop and they're going to see, okay, how's this plan working for me so far? How am I doing with my action plan so far? Uh, is there something I need to start? Is there something I need to stop? Is there something I need to continue? So every couple of weeks, they should be doing a stop. Now, the H in Flash stands for happy. Of course, right? It's me. Happy. <laughs> happy. happy and you know it, clap your hands. Exactly. So the happy stands for every action that's in your action plan and you've got it written down, put a check mark beside it and celebrate it. There's so much power in us as humans seeing progress. Like if you think even of a video game, you're playing a video game and you're doing the levels and you're eating all the, the, the bonus things and you're getting bigger and bigger and you want to see yourself get to the next level. Like that's part of what's lighting up the reward centers in our brain. True. So same thing for the happy in the, in the flash plan. It's exactly the same, the same principle that we're using. And so my happy celebration, I usually try and get them to pick a song, but it could be anything that they want to do to, to mark that particular win. Mine is another one bites the dust. Oh, queen. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Every do you time. get up and do a dance? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> Would you like to demonstrate for us? No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I was going to try. <laughs> no. All right. So we got a, we got a flash. We got a flash. Oh okay. Goodness. I'm going to, I'm going to dovetail on that for a second. Okay. I'm going to allow you to get a good drink of water. we got Robert in the house. What's up? What's up? Thank you, Robert, for being here. Uh, Ellie says here, she goes, this is so good. Ambition is the path to success. Persistence is the vehicle you arrive in. Yes, yes, yes. Ellie and Nicole, happy new year, by the way. Um, yes, yes, yes. Andrew, oh, Andrew says here, hello, Christopher. Hello, Andrew, again. Um, everybody's saying hello. We got Ray in the house. What's up, Ray? Thank you so much for being here. Misfit for life. 
Um, Andrew says you're always the matrix, always a matrix with much to learn and one must and one must flex. Yes, absolutely. Um, Andrew says here as well. Thank you for being here. It says uh, it's easier to tell core values than a than uh, abide or listen to yourself. Yes. I mean, that's so crazy. When you said about values, it's one of the things that I talk to people a lot about. I'm like, well, what do you value the most? And I have to, they have to think about it. I'm like, you should know what your core values are because that way you can ask yourself in those moments where you're not feeling necessarily congruent, you can ask yourself the question, which you've heard me ask a thousand times already is, you know, is this getting me closer to or further from my stated goal? Yeah. And then if you answer yourself honestly and not try to fucking lie to yourself, then you will continue to make those, those little baby steps, which ultimately create that compound interest. So, um, yes, yes, yes. Um, John says here, he goes, I knew you were going to use photography flash. I love that exposure. What do you, what do you expose? Brilliant. Um, absolutely. Uh, and Andrew says here, don't forget the light meter big time. Thank you guys also being here. I mean, and engaging with us. Feel free to ask Mary Kay any questions, obviously. Um, LA Nicole says here, I feel like people really don't love themselves. True. They should be, they should love themselves first. It's kind of interesting how people say, Am I on the right path, right career, et cetera? Ellie, yeah. you've you've nailed it. You've nailed it. I've talked about this before in, in the coaching calls that I've done over the last two years is my way of giving back to people during COVID. I started seeing a pattern and I just started asking people the question: I'm like, do you love yourself? Yes or no? And I'm doing this on camera. People will struggle with it. And I was like, oh my God, that's where we need to start. I mean, that's the foundation, foundational principle. If you love yourself, then you're able to, to build upon that success. But if you're not sure if you love yourself, then the question or the, the, the decisions that you're making are probably not in your best interest. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you definitely got to love yourself. Um, uh, Andrew says here, shower singer. I'm not sure. Shower singer. Re- I'm not sure what that <laughs> relates to, but I think I think I think Andrew wanted. To, that's what he wanted to be when he was a kid. He wanted to be a shower singer. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Nelly says here. She goes. My song is. I get knocked down, but I get up again. I love it absolutely. Um, when I think of you, I'm gonna I'm gonna change gears here for a second. When I think of you, Mary Kay, I think of huge heart. I just Thank think you. of radiance, huge heart. You know, you are. You know, you've really just established yourself within the group. Um, this little community that we have. As somebody who is supportive, loving, caring, um, dedicated, committed, um, generous, talk to us about your story because I know you've had challenges through your life with different relationships and things like that. How have you become this person when most people would use it as an excuse as to why they're not that person based on all the different experiences they've been through? What is what is different that you've done in your life that has made you the beautiful person that you are? Well, I think when I look at when I look at my life and I think about um you know, living other people's expectations for one thing. Mm. I think I recognized that those expectations, whether I like them or not, come from love. So, you know, I think that's that's one of the main things. And the other thing is when somebody, when someone's hurt me, we've said it before, right? Hurt people hurt people. I think it was Andrew that said it earlier in the show. And so when I recognize that, I'm able to not quite stand in their shoes, but somewhat stand in their shoes and understand that they're coming from a place of hurt. And um, in the grand scheme of things, this this thing that they're doing or this thing that they've done is not really, is only a little drop in the bucket of what my life looks like. So why should I continue to keep something um, in the back of in the back of my heart and preventing me from doing things um when it comes from a place like that so 
yeah, I think it's, I think it's compassion for other people and compassion for myself. That's mm -hmm. gotten me to where I am today. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, I love that. I love that. So what part, here's the, here's the, the, the bonus part of that question. What part have, has forgiveness and empathy had in your life being able to be again, the person that you are today, because that's something I know a lot of people struggle with. They want to hang on to stuff. They're like, you know, it, it one, it's one thing to forgive, but it, obviously not to forget. How has that played a role in your life and being able to have that empathy and forgiveness for people who potentially wronged you or hurt you, um, to be able to become the person you are today? Oh, it's, it's been huge. So forgiveness has always played a really big part in, in my life. Um, I think we've all heard the saying before that if you don't, if you don't forgive and you hold that resentment and that anger in your heart, it's like you drinking poison, but expecting the other person to die. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, forgiveness, I think is a necessary thing and it includes forgiving myself as well. So, you know, yeah, I've, I haven't always made the best decisions and no matter what they were fueled by, I forgive myself because I was doing what I thought was right at the time. Right. Or maybe I didn't care. Um, so yeah, forgiving myself and forgiving others, I think is huge in, in letting go. And we, we talk a lot about that too, right. Of mm -hmm. the importance of letting go and surrendering that surrendering to that past, the past is done. And the first day of your new life starts as soon as you decide, right? right? It could be today, could be tomorrow. Um, yes. I love it. I love it. It's so massively important. Um, speaking of questions, LA has a question for you. She says question for Mary Kay. What was an early experience where you learned that language had power? Great question, Ellie. That's a great question. Oh my goodness. Where I learned that language had power. I think I learned it so not from my own voice. I learned that other people's language had power because it sure had a power over me. And so once I recognized that other people's language had gotten me to where I was. Now listen, I mean I'm I'm saying this is an external thing that I let lead my life. So yeah, I think early experience was was definitely the bullying and then me internalizing that language in my own in my own mind and then you know keeping that that frankenstein bully of a bunch of different people in my head going right on. hope that and answers the question yeah no i i think that that's definitely powerful for me just realizing that the, the power of the words you know when we sit there and say maybe or someday or i'm never good at that or i suck for me the, the biggest thing i would say to that ellie is really ask yourself the definition of the word that we're using. Cause I find a lot of people were sitting there saying like lately, they're like, oh, it's gonna be so hard or it's, it's, it's this, it's that. And I'm like, I ask them to define, okay, what is hard? Define what is hard to you. Yeah. And ultimately we find out that it's not really that hard. It's an old belief that about something they did years and years ago that they coincide that to think that it's gonna be hard. But we change the language that we use on ourselves, the outcomes start to change. And especially the questions that we ask ourselves, that is massive in what we can do to, to shift the language that we're asking, that we're, that's going on in our brain. So I love that question. Speaking of questions, you guys know I love questions and you know I love questions. What are some questions that you love to ask yourself and ask your clients, ask your clients that get them to think creatively or perhaps think out of outside of the box? So, <laughs> and we'll go, we'll go to beliefs in a second and we'll go to thoughts in a second. Okay. But one, one thing I really want them to look at is I want them to think about what is possible for themselves. 
Forget the beliefs, forget the barriers, forget the excuses, forget the obstacles, whatever it is. What do you think is possible out there for you? And if someone else has done it, it's possible, right? It's possible for you to do it. So one thing I get them to do is a possible lives exercise. And really, you just take a piece of paper, you draw a circle in the middle, you're in the circle, and you start drawing spokes out of it, deciding, okay, well, I could be a lawyer, or I could move into a uh, developer position, or I could uh, become an entrepreneur, um, or anything. So we, we put it down without, without um, uh, going through each one just yet. Now, moving on to beliefs and thoughts. So I might ask them, so once we identify a thought, I would ask them, okay, is this an empowering thought? Is it not an empowering thought? So that would be one thing. Another one was something that I mentioned before was, okay, so this thought or this thing, um, how big of a deal is it? Like, is it really going to stop you from doing what you're doing? In the grand scheme of your life, um, can we change it? Um, I asked them, you know, I think bringing positive in when we're talking about questions. And as, as a coach, you know, we ask a lot of questions. I like to ask them, what are they grateful for? Let's yeah. come back and go to the positive and Love start it. thinking about, yeah, what are, what are we grateful for? Um, other things are, okay, so what would, if it, if it was easy, what would it look like? Mm. Tell me what that would look like. <laughs> what would easy look like? And sometimes you f- I find that, you know, when people are throwing up the, the, sorry, I keep waving. I'm Greek. I'm talking with my hands all the time. Um, Sorry, now I just lost. My you can talk with your hands. You can talk. You can talk with whatever part of your body you want to talk with. This is the this is raw and unscripted, baby. You can do it all. Oh my goodness, uh, I can't remember what I was saying. What was I saying? If this was easy, yeah, you were. You, 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 oh you yeah, yeah. Through the process, this is easy. What it would look like, yeah. And then they ultimately find out it's not that hard because they've already eliminated half the objects, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, so when we do find limiting beliefs or barriers or so say it's time or say it's money or it could be anything. If it's time, for example, it's like, okay, you don't have time to think about or learn something or take that course. Um, time usually is, is a big one that gets thrown, thrown to me. So as we do as excuses go, right? You're talking about excuses now, right? Excuses now. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. My wheelhouse. So we're doing, we're doing that. Yeah. We're doing that analysis. Like, okay, you don't have time. Okay. So let's find out. What do you do with your time? Yes. I want you to document your time in 15 minute increments if possible from the time you wake up till the time you go to bed. Now, I am not that coach that is going to say, oh, I see four hours of Netflix here. Mm-hmm. What I might say is, okay, I see that you're spending some time watching television. Can we take 30 minutes of that? Can you give up 30 minutes of that to invest in yourself? over the next week, two weeks, three weeks, um, or however long it is. So those are some of the questions and I hope, hope I answered some of your questions. You did. You did. I think about it. I think it's Dr. Wayne Dyer says, if you continue to do what you've always done, you will continue to get what you've always got. Yeah. So it's a matter of, of, of taking a look and seeing what we can, we can, what we can compromise with in our daily lives, because I find that people have more 
resourcefulness and more leverage when there's more pain involved, when there's more opportunity for regret. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I do is I find what that hinge point is for them. If they continue to do what they're doing that, you know, in 10 years time, where do they see themselves? Where do they see themselves? And are they happy with themselves? I try to get them to paint that future picture of potential regret. Cause as you know, in my, all my social media posts, it says hashtag no regrets. Because for me, that's, that's the, okay. Am I living in congruency? Am I living to create a legacy right now that I'll be proud of if I happen to die right now? And, you know, two years ago when I was in corporate slaving away doing, you know, trading dollars for hours or trading hours for dollars and, and, and making somebody else's dream come true. That's what I realized in those moments. It's like, really, if I die right now, would I be happy? You know, who would show up to my funeral? It was one of the things that I did back in 2008 is I went to a funeral and I sat there and saw everybody getting up there and eulogizing this person. And I thought to myself, and this is something you guys can all do at home, is I sat there and said, if I died tomorrow, who would show up and what would they say about me? And at that yeah. point, I was in my early 30s and I thought, you know, 10 or 15 people will show up. They'll bring a case of Miller Genuine Draft and a bottle of Jack Daniels and a bunch of Motley Crue records. And they'll tell stories about how Chris did this thing stupid and how Chris fucking got drunk this time and how Chris chased girls and how Chris fucking did, you know. And I'm like, is that really what I'm here for? Is this really the legacy that I'm going to fulfill? And that day I went home and I wrote my eulogy. And the God's honest truth to this day is my eulogy says that Christopher Roush will have fought for what was right and what was fair. And he will risk for which that mattered. And he will left the earth a better place for who he was and what he did. And so to your point, when you think backwards, that's what I do is I think backwards, I think with the end in mind and I work backwards and say, okay, are the thoughts and the things that I'm doing today, the actions I'm taking, is that fulfilling that end goal? And if it's not, then I need to change what it is that I'm doing. So that's, yeah. that's my personal self accountability thing. What do you, what do you think about personal accountability and how do you stay accountable to yourself and how do you suggest your clients stay accountable to themselves when, you know, discipline is sometimes, uh, not the strongest, uh, character trait that, that people have. So I think accountability is different for everybody. So when I first start working with someone, I'm going to ask them, okay, what's it going to take? Like, how can, how can I keep you accountable? How can I help you? keep yourself accountable. So sometimes it's, you know, writing things down, I think, I think helps and then having it on hand. So if you have your, your, you know, maybe you're, you're doing um, a weight loss goal or running goal or something like that, having your shoes beside you, as soon as you get out of bed, I think that's a good way to trigger yourself. And as many triggers as you can put for yourself, that's going to help keep you accountable. Now, the other thing that can help people keep a, keep themselves accountable, and this is what I use for myself, is momentum. How can yes. I create a little bit of momentum with small, tiny actions, celebrating each one along the way? That's going to keep my momentum going, and I will keep myself accountable. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Uh, for me, it's it's really just being congruent in my walk and talk. I mean, that's one of the things I get the most compliments on is be like, say, Christopher, you're, 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 you walk your talk. And it's one of the greatest compliments that I can hear because, you know, it's not always easy. But, you know, at the end of the day, life isn't supposed to be easy. And when I ask people, you know, when did you learn your greatest lessons in life? Was it when things were easier? Was it when you went through challenging times? And the second part of that question is, if it was when you went through challenging times, aren't you thankful you went through those challenging times? Because I'm sure you used that lesson somewhere in your life since then, right? Yeah. And most 99% of the people sit there and go, you know what, Chris, you're right. And I'm like, okay, so if you learn from your mistakes, yes, I do, then go make more of them. Yeah. And it's so funny because when people sit there and hear me say that, they're like, 
what go make more mistakes i'm like they're not mistakes if you do if you do it over and over again it's intentional and it's stupidity but if you learn something from what it is that you take a risk in doing that's that's learning that's growth that's an opportunity to sit there and say okay i tried it 10 different ways those didn't work i'm going to continue to keep trying it until i find what it is that works for me that resourcefulness yeah. right Talk to us about, because I know a lot of people deal with this, is the fear. You know, I, I think you I think you had set a quote, I, I, I set a percentage. I think, was it somewhere like 95 or 98% of all fears only live up here in the brain and they never materialize. Yeah. What are your thoughts on fear and getting people to get past the fear of, you know, failure, the fear of, of, of opinions? You know, people, oh, they're, they're going to think this, they're going to think this. What if I fail? What are your thoughts on fear and how to get past that? So I think, I think a lot of fear is is based on um, how confident you are you are in yourself. So one thing is that competence builds confidence. So if there's something that you want to do, but you're afraid of doing it, then the only way to get there is to actually practice. Yes. Practice, 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 practice. And you become com competent, which breeds confidence. So that's one way. Um, I think examining the fear, and I think it was our friend Heath, I might have heard it in a podcast, where he said, uh, cross-examine the fear. Yeah. I would have said, you know, put it under a microscope, cross-examining it, that works too. So you're going to look at the fear. What is, is this, is this a real fear? Could this really happen? <clears throat> Sometimes the answer is yes. So a lot of times it's no. If it's no, that's fine. It helps the client put it aside. If it's yes, okay, then let's make a plan for worst case scenario. Right. Right. That many times, and I think you've you've done disaster recovery planning too in your past. That's part of my part of my technology past. So we'll we'll build the crisis management plan. If you think this is really a a, a real danger, then you know let's put a contingency plan in place. What would happen? What would you do? Um, what would you what, what would have to happen for you to overcome that? So mm -hmm. a little bit of contingency planning, you know, could, could work for some people. I love it. Cause when you figure out what it is that potentially could go wrong, this is the thing I do. It's, it's similar to that as I worksheets, I give my clients and part of the worksheet is, you know, what is it that you want? What resources do you need? And then I ask them to identify the potential challenges and obstacles and then yeah. solve for those because then there's a sense of confidence and there's a sense of inner peace, I guess, if you will, that they know that if those things come up, they've already thought out the plan. So yeah. the likelihood of that coming up doesn't really enter their mind anymore because they've already solved for it. And it, it just becomes like a, a side issue for them. And I find that so many times, like, you know what, I sat there and I put down all these obstacles that I thought were real, but none of them really came to fruition because I was so focused on that goal and they had the right support system in place. Talk to us about that. Talk to us about having, um, I talk about, uh, my buddy Scott and I talk about it, the team, right? The person you trust, the person, you know, here's your acronym, the person you trust, the person that empowers you, the person that holds you accountable and the person that you're mentor and they can't be the same person. Talk to us about how important it is to have the right people in your life and what to do if you don't have the right people in your life. So I think it's, I think it's very, it's very important to have people in your life that support you. It's important in your life to have lots of people in your life that, that love you. Um, sometimes they might not agree with you. So one thing that I always say is, okay, if you're getting um, negativity from some of your family members or others that are close to you, God gave us two ears. Just let it go in one ear and out the other. Um, they gave us two hands too. Yeah, two hands too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, going, but going back to the, the team, 
it's important to have mentors in your life if you if you can find them. So you can go to LinkedIn and you can talk to people. You can get on Clubhouse and you can find mentors. That's what I went to Clubhouse for. And I met you, Christopher, and, you know, met, met all the other people, um, some of them that are watching today. And so I went, I went for mentorship and I ended up finding community, which was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can sign up for mentorship programs. You can hire a coach. Um, there's, there's so many, even, even finding celebrity mentors. So people that you're never going to meet the rock, but you, yeah. Okay. The rock. Yeah. But you like what they're all about and you like what they're doing. Pretend that they're your mentor and see what they're doing and see if there's some things that they're doing that might work for you to get you to where you are. And they could be part of your support system. Oh, that's very important. That's massively valuable. That's one of the things that I've done is when I reconnected my sister, I'll try to make this super, super short. When I reconnected my sister, I hadn't seen her in billions of years, not that long, but she asked me literally, she goes, how did you not turn out like mom? Cause I spent my entire life with my mom until she passed away. And my sister left when she was 16 years old. And I said, because I chose not to turn out like her. And my sister turned out exactly like her and didn't even spend half of her life with her. And it was so amazing to me. And she's like, she's like, you know, you chose, you chose not to. And I said, yeah, I studied people who were successful and happy and had inner peace and had nice things. And I said, what do they do? Because success leaves clues. And one of the things I found out um, in reading like Robin Sharma's book, uh, the 5am club, it's like most successful people carve out that first hour of their day for themselves for exercise, for meditation, for journaling, for personal development. I mean, you can't swing a dead cat anymore without being able to go on Google and YouTube and find whatever you possibly might need to inspire you. You know, even for me last, a couple of weeks ago with this pain I've been dealing with, I was uh, riding my exercise bike and I just threw on um, this motivational thing and it had Andy Frisella in it, Ed Milet, The Rock and a bunch of other people. It was like 15 minutes long. And, you know, some people say it's cheesy and it's cliche, but even for me who who's watched thousands of hours of YouTube videos, I found myself getting inspired. So there's really no excuse for not being able to go out there and seek out that information and be able to do that. Um, when you look back over your life and we were talking about challenges and whatnot, talk to us about one of the biggest challenges that you have gone through that you look back now and you're thankful for because it, it was able to help you in your life in other ways. So I think, yeah, I've had a few challenges. I, my biggest challenge was my marriage breaking up. Um, I had, you know, so I come from a Greek family, so culture plays a big, a big part in my early life, especially and in my twenties. And, um, I did the thing that I was expected to do. I went to school and then I found somebody and I got married. And so I never really had my independence. I went from my parents' house to my husband's house. Mm. So that was something I didn't learn. Uh, in my teens and in my twenties. So when we split up, I, okay, here I am now trying to, um, uh, provide for a five-year-old and have my independence. So I had to learn that very quickly, (laughs) very quickly. So that, that was really the biggest challenge. And it was for me realizing that I had a choice. I had a choice that the first half of my life went like that. And now I can write the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So I, a choice is something that we all have. It's a gift that God, universe, whatever you believe in, has given us as humans 
we have the power of choice. So that was the big lesson I, I learned from that and it and went from there. And of course, none of us are perfect. I'm still learning. We all are. That's the beauty yeah. we desire to still learn. That's the beauty of, of this, this thing we call life. Cause I sit there and I think about, I was talking with somebody earlier today, actually one of the people that's that, that frequents our clubhouse rooms, Meredith, uh, I had a zoom call with her earlier today and we were talking about some things about life and, uh, and having that perspective of, of, you know, always continuously learning and, and just waking up and striving not to be the same person that you were five minutes ago, five years ago, five weeks ago. I mean, for me, I've been out of corporate for two years. And if I bet you, if I went back and talked to some of those people, they would be surprised at how much I've shifted just in two years yeah. for the better and going through those different challenges. Um, I can't believe we've already been talking for 55 minutes. This is crazy. Um, uh, Andrew says here, Mary has a great blue heart. Uh, Thank what's a you. Blue heart? A blue heart is, is, is good heart. I didn't know they came in colors, but, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate that. Uh, Elizabeth has a long comment here. I'm going to read this out real quick. Um, Hi, Liz. Liz. Hi, Liz. Uh, potential change can be very scary. Finding that out, but not changing and staying stagnant is scarier. Yes. Yeah. True, true, true. I think fear is like your, like, is like your Annie time to sit and, and silence that little voice and let her know that we are in charge and start believing in ourselves. Yes, yes, yes. You inspire me, Mary. Thank you. Lots of great ideas. Thanks for sharing. Best of luck to you. Look forward to more of your writing pieces. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here, Liz. I'll say Liz, since I know you now. Yeah. Um, uh, Ellie says here, leaders are leaders are readers. Absolutely. I am yes. reading books all the time. I'm reading uh, this book by a name uh, by a guy named Jock Brokus uh, called The Deadly Departed. Um, <laughs> Oh boy, that's a deep book. Uh, love you, Jock. Uh, Andrew says here, just speaking to Mary once had that very impact on me. It was on Facebook and it had me questioning myself and the possibility of positivity exudes. I love reading between her posts um, and the impact she has. You have a sincere fan right there. Um, uh, actually, Ellie has another question. Do you think that, the, that thought or a feeling due to trauma that affects on their self-esteem on a psychological question, Mary Kay. Sorry for a weird question. Just curious. Um, I'm, I'm not sure I understand the question. Let, let me reread it here. You read it. <laughs> Do you think that thought or a feeling due to trauma that affects on their self-esteem on a psychological question? I'm not, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm not sure I understand. I understand we'll, we'll have to come back to that one. Yeah. Um, sorry, Ellie says sorry. here, I'm so proud of you, Chris. Keep shining. Thank you, Ellie. I appreciate that. Um, let, 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 let me see. Since we have a lot, we don't have a lot of time here. Uh, inertia builds. Uh, inertia builds. Thanks, guys. Uh, little wins are priceless, Lee. Thank you so much. Robert says here, uh, there have been times the boots are, oh, missed that one. Uh, John says here, getting comfortable, being uncomfortable, be a lobster. Oh, oh yeah. Go get in the hot water. Right. Um, yes, 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 yes. Um, Ellie says here, one of the most valuable things we can do to heal one another is to listen to each other's stories. Yes. Massive. Yes. Massive. Uh, Jock says here, some of my greatest teachers are not living on this side of the veil. Ooh, that's another deep, deep subject right there. So speaking of books, what are some books that have impacted your life in your journey that you would love to recommend to people? Oh my goodness. I have a huge list, I think. Um, so one of them, and I think, I think you actually know the writer, Paul Nadeau. Yes. He, yeah. He wrote a few years ago, take control of your life. Yes. He was a hostage that negotiator. One, yeah. That one had a great impact on me. Um, there's one called leadership and something by Jocko Willink. Jocko Willink. That one's an yep. interesting, yeah. That one's an interesting read. 
the 5 a.m club of course robin sharma i love you read I that one the five yeah a while ago when it first came out so i have my my power hour it's my you know 20 minutes of movement and my 20 minutes of reading and learning and 20 minutes of planning i think it was planning that's yeah. my that's my that's my my breakdown of my um my hour um okay what else what else can i think of oh the practice by seth godin so Ooh, that I one I that think, one so that one's from last year so what he says and a, a lot of the way that he uh behaves is, is we don't have to be perfect so when you want to create something and you want to show it to the world it doesn't have to be perfect just write it, draw it, show it and say, Hey, here, I made this. And that's, you know, that, that, that had a really big impact on me and especially with my writing as well. So I'll, you know, I'll, I'll draft an article, a little bit of editing, and then it's like, okay, send it and see if they'll publish it for me. Right. So I think those, yeah, those three books, three or four books. Awesome. Yeah. No, that's, that's crazy. Cause I talked a lot about the 5am club and a lot of people don't know it. They know Robin Sharma, but they haven't read that book. I'm like, I read that in Hawaii and I was just hooked. I was like, yes, yes, yes. And he does it in a storytelling way. So it's, it's so it's really cool that way. Yeah. Uh, Jock says your imperfection is your own perfection. Absolutely. Because it makes us all unique. Um, talk to me about wild horses and Sable Island. Oh my goodness. How did you find out about that? Did I post about that? <laughs> so I have, I have, a, I have a sixth sense. Oh my goodness. I and have been, I have been dreaming about wild horses. So picture Mustangs that with the calico pattern on them, right. Uh, on a beach for ever since I can remember in my dreams. Then somebody mentions Sable Island to me and says, Oh, you should go look at that. I go on the website and I swear it was just like in my dreams. Now, of course, now that I know about Sable Island, my dream stopped, but it's a, it's, it's a dream of mine. So it is an island off the coast of Nova Scotia in Canada, and it's, it's really a giant sandbar, and it's full of wild horses, wow. and that's really what's inhabiting that, that island, and you can actually take a trip there, a, a, like some kind of an expedition, and I can take my big long lens and photograph these wild horses. So it's it's one of my dreams on my bucket list, definitely. Bucket list. Yeah. Can we have a retreat there? We should do a retreat there. Yeah, I don't think they allow that many people on the island at once. <laughs> oh, it must be a small island. Yeah, it's really it's really really small. There's no trees. I think there's only one or two buildings. Um, it's really mostly the horses that are mm. there. Yeah. Wow, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just kind of came to me in in thought. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. One of our buddies. Yeah. I caught you dreaming. Yeah. Um, okay. So one of my final questions, cause I could just keep you here forever and ever Ooh. and always. You could have dinner with any famous person alive or dead. Who would it be and why? Oh my goodness. Any famous person. Well, you know what? It's going to be the queen of England. <laughs> the queen of England. I know somebody who knows her. I'm only saying that because I recently wrote wrote an article about um Oh Tea and the Queen. I read the that. Tea and the Queen. Mm -hmm. Fourth so, grade, right? Fourth grade, yeah. Yeah, fourth grade. So it would have been I'm gonna give away my age now. <laughs> you're, Queen's you're Queen's Jubilee. Yeah. Queen's Jubilee, 1977. That was the trip my parents were talking about. And I thought 
they were talking about us actually having tea with the queen. So yeah, maybe I think it would be her. I need to go back and have tea with her. And what would you want to talk to her about? I would want to talk to her, but oh boy, I don't know. I think I would want to ask her um, about her own career. Mm. Because she's stuck with it, right? <laughs> I think you're sitting in this chair for the rest of your life. And, and yeah, how does how does she deal with like does she really love being the queen? How does she deal with being the queen? And if she doesn't love it, what else would she do? I'd probably get her on some kind of a dream session and think about other possibilities. I think that would be fun. I'll be her yeah. career coach. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I often think about that question as well. I'm like, I think I would love to talk to Elvis Presley. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Because I just want him to go, Christopher, you're just a hunk of hunk of bird in love. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. We've gone a little bit over. Will you come back on the Ron and Scripted Show with me and just talk more? Yeah, part two. Part two. I would love to. I'm like, I, I, I wish I wish I could roll the clock back because there's so many other things I would love to talk to you about. But in respect to your time and everything, because I know you got to go to sleep and get up in the morning, where can people get a hold of you to continue this conversation? Because I'm sure people like Ellie, Nicole, and some of the others would love to have a conversation with you. And you have a offer you would like to share with, uh, with everybody tonight. Yes. So offer. So anybody who's watched this show, you can DM me on Instagram. So my Instagram handle is MK Ranger Coaching, or you can get in touch with me on Facebook. I've got a Facebook page, also MK Ranger Coaching, or take a look at my website, mkranger.com. And uh, I will give you an hour of my time and we'll talk about, you know, whatever, whatever you need. Um, to get you started on thinking about a potential direction. I love it. I love it. So here's all yeah, the information, ladies and gentlemen, for you guys listening on the podcast, www.mkranger.com, uh, IG, mkranger underscore coaching, and email. We can uh, email her at mkrangercoaching yeah. at gmail.com. And then if you want to experience the writing we were talking about tonight, www.medium.com forward slash at mkrangercoaching. Is that correct? That's correct. Thank you so much. You are awesome. It. You are awesome. And I want to, uh, to share this with you as well. Um, this gentleman right here says, I'll publish anything you write. Oh, amazing. Boom, Thank you. Boom, boom, boom. Thank you, Josh. This has been the Mary Kay hour, ladies and gentlemen, lots of compliments, lots of opportunities. Thank Wild you for horses. being here. Thank you for being here. That'll be the name of your book. Wild horses. Absolutely. Uh, Andrew says here, Jim, Ka Jim Kniebsel. Uh, passion of Christ story. Yes, yes, yes. John Lennon. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, awesome format. Thank you for your time, Christopher. Um, uh, I think that's what he was saying. Chris prescription. Um, I like I'm that. A, I'm a, I'm a prescription. I'm a prescription. Yeah. I'm a prescription. Yes, absolutely. Um, thank you so much, Mary Kay. I'm going to put you backstage, uh, here for a second while I close out the show. You're awesome. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right thank with you. Thank you so much. Love you. Thanks you everyone. Love you. love you too. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Sorry for going over just a little bit here, but I knew this conversation was going to be powerful and quite selfishly, I wanted to have a little bit of time with Mary Kay just to get to know her a little bit better. Again, she's been an amazing support person here in both the Ron and Scripted Show, the Unfiltered Experience, and also the Clubhouse stuff and just showing up and being present and just really looking forward to the journey of learning and growing and expanding. And I think that's one thing that we really want you guys to take to heart in the conversation tonight is really examine where it is that you're going. Ask yourself, what your values are and ask yourself as you're going through your day, does this align with my values? 
And, you know, sometimes life involves us making tough, challenging decisions and having to give up relationships and situations that are not conducive to our greater good. But sometimes we feel like we're stuck and feel like we have to go do those things. You get to do things. You don't have to do things. You get to choose what it is that you're doing. And if you're doing something that you have to do and you no longer want to do it, you have to decide what it is that you're willing to give up. You have to decide what it is that you're willing to invest in and move forward with to be able to have that different result. Otherwise, what you're going to do is you're going to spend the next five, 10 years, 20 years of your life playing the someday game. Who plays that? Oh, someday when this happens, then I'll do this. That's ridiculous. People are dying left and right. Life is going by faster and faster and faster. And it's incumbent upon us, you, me, the rest of us to live our life, right? Uh, unfortunately, I found out recently that uh, a dear friend of mine lost his 18 year old son. You just think that you're starting off in life and, and, and there that happens. You know, life is not guaranteed in any particular moment. So for me personally, I live that legacy every single moment that I'm alive, that I, if I pass away, I will be proud of the things that I've accomplished. I will be proud of this show. I will be proud of everything that I've done today. And that's what I want for you guys. When you're stepping in congruency and you're stepping into your light and you're actually excited about the challenges that you're facing and the opportunities for success, amen, amen. I challenge you to examine the relationships that you're in. Write the write the, write a list down of the five people you're around the most and right next to them. Are they positive or negative? And they can't be something in between. You need positive people. Like I said before, you need a team in your life. You need massively brilliant people in your life like I have that support you and that are also honest with you. You don't want a bunch of people that in your life go, oh, you know, hey, do I look fat in these pants? You want somebody to say, yeah, you look fat in those pants. You need to lose some weight. You know, and maybe you'll get, maybe, maybe you'll get this, but so many people don't want to tell people the truth. And, but you know, when I think about the truth, yes, it will hurt, but ultimately will opportunity will give you the opportunity to grow and expand. And that's what we want here for you guys on the Ron and scripted show. I'm super excited for the shows that we got coming up. We got some amazing guests. If you know of a guest that should be here on the Ron and scripted show, please send me a message. Of course, you know how to get a hold of me through uh, social media, through uh, my website, ChristopherRoush.com. I would love to know uh, if there's people here that you think would vibe with the, with the group that we've got going on here, self-improvement, self-development. Uh, I would love to have that a conversation. And uh, I just encourage you guys to go out there and live your legacy. Be the best that you possibly can be. Wake up every single day and live in a state of gratitude, live in a state of love, not a state of fear, not a state of scarcity, because that only will be get more of that. So I'm Christopher Roush, your no excuses coach. I love you guys. I'm going to go back here and, uh, and capture some of your comments. Uh, John says here, Mary Kay, you are awesome. And I am honored to share with you. Uh, Ellie says here, life is so precious. Yes, 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 absolutely. Uh, Andrew says here, time passes, time passes, uh, and it's precious and is gone before you know it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and Chuck says here, Oh fuck need to change the pants. We might have to end on that one. Um, yes, you might need to change your pants. You know, never trust a fart when you're sick. I know that. Uh, <laughs> Ellie says, kick ass, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. I love you guys. Mm, boom, boom, boom. If you're new to the show, uh, please consider we're here every single Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time live. We also, you can you guys can watch the replay if you're watching the replay. Um, I appreciate each and every one of you. If there's something I can do to personally move you along in your journey as my gift, as appreciation for you watching the show and tuning in and being part of the Misfit family, uh, hit me up and I'll give you a complimentary coaching session as well. That's just the, what we do here. So I love you guys. You are amazing. Go out there and be awesome and enjoy the rest of your week. 
Don't forget to join us on Clubhouse uh, tomorrow night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, where Mary Kay and myself and Jock and some of the great people I surround myself will be talking in the men's group all about uh, burnout and overwhelm and stress and anxiety. So we're going to be talking about there. Ladies, you guys are welcome in there. You'll see it on my social media post. You can click it. Actually, if you go to my website, uh, ChristopherRosh.com forward slash events, it's on the events page. All of my events this week are there. You can click get reminder and you can be notified before we go live. Um, I love you guys. Go out there and have a phenomenal week. Stay kick-ass and classy. I love you guys. Peace.